Hello and welcome to the Grace on Fire show. I'm your host, Carrie Stanley. I'm a mom of twin boys, a nature lover, a travel adventure junkie, and the founder of the Grace on Fire movement. First, I want to say thank you for tuning in here. I'm on a mission to support women to live a fully aligned life that is on fire through nature, soul-fulfilling retreats. I'm bringing this show to life to share the many stories of others and my own of what truly following the God whispers really looks like. I'm a big believer that we can step into the life that we are being called to and that the journey looks different for each and every woman. In the show, you'll learn powerful lessons, learn a variety of tools, hear from different faith backgrounds, and hear the real backstories in all different stages of what it really looks like to step out in faith and live a life that is grace on fire. Let's tune in. Hello, and welcome back to the show. As we dive in today, I am laughing because my dogs are laying next to me and snoring. So if you happen to hear snoring in the background, it is my two dogs. They are both snoring. So as we dive into the show today, I wanted to talk about lessons I've learned from running that we can apply to life. Because I remember having a coach one time that really talked about physical adventure, like having an actual physical goal that the lessons that we learn on the road, the lessons that we learn in training are going to show up in every area of life. They're going to show up in business. They're going to show up in relationships. So whatever challenges we face in training is the same challenges we're going to face in other places. So if we can break through them in our training, like break through them on the road as you're training or break through them in the gym, because whatever it is, it's going to transfer over. And so it makes you more well-equipped in the rest of your life. And so, so looking at training as that, like just noticing what comes up for you is so incredibly powerful, which is why I am such a big believer that, and Wendy and I were actually just talking about this on the last episode. This is why I'm such a big believer of putting things on your calendar that you're fully committed to that are physical challenges that is actually going to create a new identity for you, a new level of confidence for you, a new version of you, because you get to up level into a new version of you in order to actually accomplish it. And what we learn in the process is just so enlightening for us. And it's also such a growth for us. And it's also such an outlet on everything else that we're doing in life. And so last, not last summer, but it, um, a couple of years ago, I decided, so I'm thinking like back to a year and a half ago, actually, in the summer, I remember doing the Ragnar relay with a group of friends. And when I did that relay, there was, it was an eight woman team. And I say team loosely, like we weren't like necessarily in some big, you know, competition, but we knew it was something that was going to up level us. We knew it was something that was going to create community. And a Ragnar is a relay that is a continuous relay. So for example, 
it goes all day, all night, and then into the next day, but everybody is taking turns so that someone is running at all times. And the one that we went and did was in Zion. And so each over in Zion National Park in Utah, and so each person on the team, each woman, she had like maybe four miles she got to run or six miles she got to run and then essentially would hand off the baton. What we had was it was basically a belt. And so you would take your belt off, hand it to the next person. They would put their belt on and then off on the like trail they would go. And so so we were doing this and I remember running at night as the sun was setting and I was at the top of one of the trails and getting ready to come back down. And I just, one, I just remember how incredibly stunningly beautiful it was. And I just had this moment of pure gratitude on saying yes to experiences like this. Um, I had gone through some challenges with, um, I had actually fallen on my foot in this really weird way and had an injury. And there was just a couple of things that came up during this that I thought, oh my gosh, I don't know that I'm going to actually even be able to do this. However, I was committed all in on this happening. And so I just remember having this moment of thinking like, I'm so grateful for believing in myself and being a woman who now, believe me, there are things that I still struggle with, but I bet on myself way more often than I ever did because I have put myself in situations that create extraordinary growth. And this is what has come out of it. And so when I was doing the Ragnar and the sun was setting and it was so beautiful over the valley and I was up on the mountain getting ready to go the downhill part of the trail. And I thought to myself as it got dark, like I started out in the light, the sun was setting and then it completely got dark and my headlamp came on. And I remember thinking to myself that you've had a goal and I say goal lightly because it wasn't, it was a wish. It was a wish. It was a want. It was a wish. It was a one day. It was a maybe, but it wasn't something that I'd ever committed to. And that was this idea that floated around my head of qualifying for the Boston Marathon. And every race I had done before that, I had half trained I had gone farther than I ever had before, but if you ask me if I was like really taking my training seriously, I just wasn't. And so I remember thinking to myself, are you going to keep talking about this goal for another decade or are you going to actually commit to it? Because you need to do one or the other, like stop talking about it if you're not going to go for it, stop wishing for it if you're not going to go for it and that's okay that is okay. But if you're going to talk about it as a one day, you either commit or let it go. And I ask you that to say, what is something like that for you in your life? One of the things for me too, and I'll just, I'll just like call myself out here. One of the things for me that I've talked about for so long and even started the process is writing a book. And it's like, it is something that I have procrastinated on. It is something that I have, you know, really, really put off and not believed in myself. And it's something that over and over and over, like it comes up every year that I feel like God is telling me, write a book, write a book, write a book. 
So much so that I found a journal that like eight years ago I wrote in it and it was talking about writing books. It's like, oh my gosh, like, are you going to finally do this? And so I declared this year that 2024 was the year that my book is actually published. I have an actual date committed to it and it is absolutely published. And so I tell you that to say all of us have things in our life that are commitments, meaning we have decided 100% all in that this is happening. And we also have things that are desires, one days, maybes, where we aren't at a level that we've actually decided they're going to happen. And so Boston for me was one of those things that I hadn't really decided but when I was doing that Ragnar race, I had a moment of saying, it's time. It is time to decide. It is time to go all in. I have no idea how long it's going to take me, but I am going to commit to the process as long as it takes for it to happen. And so I have been training with a running coach and doing races with that goal in mind, which means we all know what we're working towards, meaning me and my coach, my support team, we all know what we're working towards. And we're on a mission that it happens with a goal time and open to however long it takes. Operating at that level has been a game changer for me. And so here's the things that I wanted to share in this episode that I really feel like have transferred into my own life and also for you to really start listening for what are the things that I get to apply in my own life? Like what is something that I get to apply to up-level my game? And maybe, maybe this episode is to give you some inspiration for maybe there's a physical challenge you've been thinking that you've been wanting to do. Maybe you've been wanting to um take up running for the first time. Maybe you've been wanting to do a, a hiking endurance challenge, kind of like I did 29029 Eversting. Maybe you've been wanting to take up swimming. Maybe you've been wanting to learn pickleball. That one's on my list. And so, so just really think for yourself, not only in terms of physical adventure, but also in terms of what is what is something that is kind of like sitting over me, weighing on me because it's something that I have wanted to commit to, but I've never actually committed to. So I want you to really think about that as we go through this episode. So the number one thing that, and these are in no particular order, this is just what I wrote down, is results aren't linear. Results aren't linear. One of the things when I started training is I really just, for some reason, even though I know this in other areas of life, when it came to physical training, there was a piece of me that thought like each training cycle, I would, you know, be getting better, which is happening, but I did not realize that I would see these big shoots in progress and, and that they, that they, uh, and this this one go these two go hand in hand that the consistency compounds over time and it's really about putting in the individual days worth of work and really finding the consistency i really just thought that i would see it linear 
almost to the point that you could like map it out kind of like here's how long it's going to take to create the you know the Boston qualifying timeline but just like we're all different every body's different every training cycle's different I have just noticed that being consistent I won't necessarily notice the gains for a while and, and then all of a sudden I will have a big growth in speed a big um a big jump in like maybe my strength or something like that, that that consistency compounds over time and that results aren't linear. And so I was really thinking about that. And I've seen this graph where it's like pretty much flatlined for a while. And then all of a sudden it shoots way up and that that's a lot of people's success. And how often do we give up? Because one is we don't put in consistency long enough on something. And two is because we aren't seeing the results quick enough, we give up. And so in my running training, before I hired a coach, I did not at all do consistent training. I would make sure, for example, that I would get in the long runs on the weekends, but I wasn't really thinking about the runs during the week that needed to get in and that I was consistent in my paces, for example, consistent in making sure that I got in those, those extra runs that were scheduled. And so, so it actually wasn't consistent in the training. It was really what I would consider half-assed training. And so when I hired a coach, I really started looking at how do I get to make sure that my schedule is set up so that I can be consistent, which meant going when I didn't want to, which meant finding a way when the weather was bad, which meant like the days that I was just not feeling it. The weeks that went by that was like, why am I doing this? Have you ever had this, this come up for you? Why am I doing this? This is just like so stupid. I don't need to prove anything to myself. And remember how I started out this podcast with whatever comes up for you in training is going to come up for you in other areas of life. Those are the types of things that are part of our lizard brain that that comes to us to kind of derail us, to keep us safe, to give us excuses, to give us justifications. And so it was how can I have those things be happening in my mind while I'm lacing up my running shoes and I'm going anyway? And so a lot of my training was done, most of my training is done completely on my own. It is not a something that I've been able to, because of my travels, that I've been able to run with other people or or you know have a running club or something like that, where to be honest with my personality, those types of things would actually keep me even more consistent. And so this was something that was a challenge for me to be like, I get to depend on me. I get to trust me. I get to do it for me because I'm definitely a person that is going to show up for others way more than I've shown up for myself in the past. And so learning this level of discipline for myself has created a way for me to start believing I can be consistent. I can be a woman who does this. I can be a woman who commits to this. I can do it even when it's uncomfortable. 
And so when I say results aren't linear and consistency compounds, it's just like in everyday life where it's like, man, something that was easy yesterday is really hard today. And something that has been really, really tough for maybe a few weeks, then all of a sudden is like, oh, wait a minute. I I feel like this is this is actually like I'm in a groove. I can create kind of create a flow here. And so you've got to be while you're being consistent in the process. And I think this is so important. While you're being so consistent in the process, even if you're feeling like you're failing or you're you're not getting the results you want, or it's like, oh my God, I'm and I remember having these thoughts like, am I ever gonna get there? Am I ever gonna get faster? Is this ever going to be possible? That you have to trust in the compounding effect that's happening and that results are going to be inevitable. And so learning that and putting in the work and not being attached to the results and then waiting for the moment, like you keep doing it, but waiting for the moment that you actually get to see and experience the breakthrough. And then it may even be hard again the next day. And that's part of it. And so one of the things is just remember that that consistency is going to pay off no matter what. So that res- that matters to your business, your life, your relationships, um, your own like emotional well-being, all of those things. This brings me to the next lesson, which is be convicted in your goal, like so incredibly convicted in your goal that you see it as a non-negotiable, that you see it as inevitable. And at the same time, be flexible in your timeline. So for me with the Boston Qualifier, one of the things that I've been really working on with being in the mindset and the identity of a Boston Qualifier, Boston Marathon Qualifier, like how does one operate if they are a Boston Marathon qualifier, well, they put their nutrition as a priority. They've got a running coach. They've got a, um, they are consistent in their training. They have an emphasis on, you know, rest. They've got an emphasis on like how they structure their day. They go even when it's uncomfortable, you know, those types of things, but they also believe in what's possible. They believe in the vision. They believe is it, it's inevitable. And what I mean by being flexible in your timeline is I have a goal of three years, that it takes me three years in order to qualify and then get into the Boston Marathon. And as I am getting closer, like some races, I think I'm going to be even further ahead than I am. And then other races I've been, I've like totally crushed it, you know? And so, so one of the things is sometimes if we feel like the goal, like the timeline isn't happening fast enough, then we start questioning and doubting whether or not it's possible and possibly even give up. And the the key is, can I be committed? And the answer is yes, you can. But really thinking about this question in your mind of whatever goal it is you're up to, that I get to be committed, non like non-negotiable, that it is happening no matter what. I just get to be
be open to when it happens. So this could be a business that you're starting. This could be a um, a stand that you have for a vision of a relationship. Like maybe you're single right now and you're standing for, this is what it's going to be like when I'm in relationship with my husband or whatever, that I get to be so incredibly committed to this vision and this goal that I am set that it is going to happen. I'm in belief of it. I'm doing all of the work internally to ensure that I continue to stay committed to that mindset, that belief, and that I'm working on me because it's happening no matter what, but I am so totally surrendered and letting go of the timeline that it's not on my timeline. It's on God's timeline. It's on the universe's timeline. There's so many things that, that come in to play. And sometimes we're trying to control it and actually let that determine our destiny. And when we're trying to control it, we tend to get frustrated or we tend to quit or we tend to sometimes even take shortcuts. And so it's really about starting to let go of that timeline, but staying so incredibly committed to the ultimate vision. So think about that for yourself to just look at what are the things that I'm so committed to and how often do when the results aren't happening on the timeline that I want then do I let that massively derail me and even my belief that it's possible? And then what happens? Then we go start something else. And then we see that habit and pattern over and over and over. And all we do is continue to start and stop in new things. And we don't actually commit and see the really big things happen in our life. And so, so I really want to share this with you to say, if you're up to big things that that like take a new version of you to actually have happen, if you're up to really big things, then they're not going to happen on the timeline that you have set. They also are going to come with um, adversity that is, is going to be there. And they are all absolutely possible for you, but you've got to stay in the fire of belief that that is going to happen. The next lesson for running, and this one I think is, um, I think it's a funny lesson that, gosh, it takes us so hard to, or so much, so many lessons to actually get this lesson, is that rest is just as crucial as running. Rest is just as crucial as running. And so just like in my training, I can't run every single day. Not only that, I'm like, I mean, could I? Sure. But from a training standpoint, it is so incredibly imperative that because some days I'm doing super, super long runs and other days I'm doing like maybe what would be considered, considered a tempo run, which is which is um, like a much faster pace that's that you're you're just like exhausted at the end of the race and you are really, really pushing it to get that to hold a faster pace. And then other days are what's considered easy runs. And so which doesn't necessarily mean that they're easy. They're just at an easier pace. It's really about just getting in the miles at an easy jog pace. And I don't run every single day. I typically 
train anywhere from four to five days a week from a running standpoint, depending on the training cycle. And so there are built in rest days. And as my running coach always says, keep the hard days hard, keep the easy days easy. And then she will even write in, it's time to recover hard. And so often we don't give, we start seeing rest as a luxury rather than something that is so incredibly imperative that that restoration is actually what catapults me to move forward. Matter of fact, one of the greatest things that can put us behind is not allowing enough rest, which is not only rest days, but also sleeping is also, you know, muscle recovery, those types of things. And so, so often when you think about it from, and I see this in, in work, for example, a lot, a lot of us like put everything into as if we're training seven days a week in the running and we're doing it all at like a tempo run and we're not allowing the variability that needs to happen in order to optimize our health and performance. And so we're not allowing the sleep that is necessary. We're not allowing the downtime so that we can have creativity or so that we can have outlets in our in our life or family time or whatever it may be. It's like it's like we're just focusing on like just running the race all the time rather than let me do all the things on a consistent basis every week that's getting me prepared to run the race. And our body just can't function being all on all the time without burnout. And so if you want to optimize your absolute best way is to make sure that you're also optimizing your rest. One of the things that I was listening to the other day on, they were talking about recovery for runners and they were talking about the elites, like elites, elites. And when I say elites, they're like, like they run like five minute miles for an entire marathon. Like I just can't even, I just can't even imagine running that fast period, let alone running that fast for a full marathon. Um, but one of the Peloton instructors I was listening to, he was talking about how often that just like the average ordinary runners tend to want to skip out on recovery and tend to want to skip out on some of the rest pieces and even easy runs that are supposed to be slower. Like a lot of times they want to speed those up because they think that they're, you know, not good for them or whatever it may be. And so the more experienced the runner, the better the runner, the more crucial they and serious they take rest and recovery. And so they were talking about running in Central Park. And when they see the elite, elite, elite runners, like right before the New York Marathon, what they see is they are like barely trotting when they are going for a run. In and there's these are the same runners that can run like a five minute mile, and so they really understand how slowing down speeds them up and they take it very seriously. 
And so, so look at this in your own life to say, where am I potentially not optimizing the way that I'm functioning in life? Because I'm not allowing in the rest and recovery and even playful time that my life actually needs to create that restoration, that rejuvenation, that muscle recovery, um, the proper sleep, all of those things so that your mind, your body, and your soul are operating at the highest level possible. And so where do you actually get to make recovery and rest a higher priority in your life? The next piece lesson that I have is regret in training is always around what you didn't do versus what you did do. And I say you as an I, because that's that's what I always notice when I'm like talking to myself, I'm always saying I'm regretting this because I didn't do this. And so what that means is <laughs> there's never, you see this all the time, but there's always when I have a run that I am like, I don't wanna go on. And even if it's a tough run and it's like, I feel like, that was awful at the end. I still never regret that I at least did it. I never regret that I showed up for myself. Matter of fact, training for me, one of the biggest things that's been a big win for me is no matter what my day is like, if I've shown up for my workout and I've put in the work, I always feel like I've created a win in the day. And so regret always comes in the form of when I have like been a cop out for myself, like when I have given into an excuse, when I have felt like I let myself down because I didn't show up or I short circuited something, meaning like I was like, I'm going to do this part of the workout, but not this part. And then that caught up to me later. Like for example, um, not putting in the work for the extra mobility training that's after. And then I end up having like hip issues or knee issues because I didn't put in that extra 10 minutes that would have made such a big difference because I chose the running over the mobility exercises, for example. And so I always look back at every single training cycle. And this is something my running coach has taught me is to do an analysis, like a quick, a quick review of how did I show up during this training cycle? What worked and what, what are the things that I felt like improved over this training cycle? And then also what are the things that maybe I didn't put as much emphasis on that really might've like hurt me in the long run. And so we get to be proud of ourselves no matter what, but there's always room for what is that improvement and really looking at that. And I will tell you every single time, it is always me looking back to be like, I regret that I cut corners here or I regret that um, I skipped out on a couple of these workouts that really ended up costing me in the long run. And so those are the things that um, I think is things for us to look at in every area of your life. Because uh, one of my absolute favorite quotes is the Mark Twain Mark Twain quote about 20, I don't have the exact uh, quote in front of me, but 20 years from now, you will regret more things that you didn't do 
than what you did do. Because in life, that in and of itself is the things that weigh on us. It's like, if you go out and do them, regardless of how they go, you at least know that you did it. So back to the, when I go and do a workout, even if it's crappy, I feel so much better because I at least did it, you know? And so, so look at that to be like, what is hanging over me? That is a regret that is like, once again, I, another year has gone by that I haven't put my health as a priority. Or once again, another year has gone by that I haven't written my book. I will tell you that's like every year, it's been something that hangs over me. And I was like, no longer this year, like no longer. That gets to be something I'm proud of at the end. And what are the things that I get to put in place to make sure that that happens no matter what? So the next lesson is, and this is, um, this one comes from one of my uh, Peloton instructors that I listen to on a regular basis. Let me just tell you the Peloton app, y'all has been a saving grace for me. It is, it's like going to a, uh, like a group exercise class online. You could do it live. Most of them that I do are recorded, but it's like having an actual instructor that is coaching you through a run. It has been a game changer for me. One is, I think it makes me feel like I'm running with other people without running with other people. And also they are so incredibly inspiring and they tell such great stories. And so I get to learn things as I'm running along as well. And then they also push you, you know? And so that is something that works really, really well for me because they, they're they pushing me for like, I, I, I get more out of myself than I do just coaching myself, to be honest. And so that really supports me. And one of the Peloton instructors, Bex Gentry, is one that I follow on a regular basis, and I do a lot of her runs. And she talks about all the time this mantra of forward is a pace. And so, um, and it reminds me um, of Stephen Furtick, for those of you that might know of Elevation Church. He's the pastor of Elevation Church, and he's got out a new, brand new book do the new you. And it's got six mindsets, which are really, really great to go along with what we're talking here. But in these six mindsets, the very first one is about you're not stuck until you stop. And forward is a pace reminds me of that. And even when I was doing the run for last weekend, I was in Arizona doing my next half marathon. I remember getting into a like kind of a mindset challenge, which we're going to talk about in the next lesson here in just a second. But I remember pulling out this mantra of forward is a pace. And so as long as you're moving forward, you are continuing to create momentum, you are keeping going, and things will start happening as long as you keep moving. And so forward is a pace. And so often we're comparing to other people's paces or we're comparing to, you know, how that person's showing up in business or what that person's getting to do in their life because we see it on Instagram or what, like how quickly that person has hit a goal and it feels like, oh my gosh, because they're there, how come I'm not there? And 
when we can just say forward is a pace, am I moving forward? Am I moving towards my goal? That's all that matters right now. And so I have really locked on to that for the last like three months that I've been doing the Peloton app. And it just reminds me to get back to, am I just keeping going? Am I just keeping moving? Like just don't stop. And so, because remember, consistency compounds. And so the next lesson, we've actually got two left. And so the next lesson is, do you have a mindset of a champion? And so all of us have areas of life that we can really be elevating our mindset. This is a game that is a long game. It is not something that happens overnight. And even when we get to another level, there's always multiple, multiple levels of really fine tuning. Do you have the mindset of a champion? And so uh, this is something that I have worked on a lot. And it's funny because in this last race, I thought I was, you know, this was one of those, I thought I was farther than I was. And so here's what happened. Um, I was in the race. I felt really good. I felt like I could finally hit one of the things that I've had written down for a few years now is to run a half marathon in less than two hours. It's been a really big goal of mine. And the closest I've come is being at 2.15. Now, that's only one race into having a um, running coach. All the rest of them were before that. But still, 2.15 was a, was the fastest I, I had and also nowhere near close enough to what I'm going to need for a half marathon, let alone a full marathon, to qualify for Boston. And I've got to be at least less than two hours, at least less than two hours to be able to be anywhere close to um, being able to be at a pace that I can then hold for a full marathon. So I was like, that's a big goal to to break. And it, and it also means that I'm getting closer. And so I was really in the energy of this one is going to be the one that I break two hours. And my running coach actually had me at a pace of 156, which I have to be honest, when I saw that and calculated it, there was a part of me that was like, oh, I don't know that I'm enrolled that I can do that just yet. And so right there, I already noticed that I was allowing seeds of doubt to derail me. And so my running coach is not going to give me something that she doesn't absolutely 100% know that I'm capable of. But what's interesting was just because she believed I was capable of that, it does not matter unless I can actually really stand that I believe in it too. And so where is that happening in your life? Where is other people believing in your capability way more than you are? And until you can try it on for size, you will only rise to what you believe you're capable of. And it's th like, that's where we're going to hang out. And so for me, I was like, I believe that I can do less than two hours. However, I wasn't really believing in this whole 156 piece. So one was there was a disconnect for me and, an, and a level of a belief that I got to move to. So that's something that I'm working on right now. But two was I started out with, the the pacers 
that they hold a sign the the entire time they run with this sign in their hand and they their entire job is to run at the pace that they are uh that they are going to finish the race in so like if you have a goal time you can go find a pacer that is running the race at that pace and you know, as long as you stay with them, you can 100% trust that you will finish the race in that time because that's their number one mission. And so, so there's pacers at 150, there was pacers at two hours, there was pacers at, you know, 120, anything like that. So I started off with the pacers at two hours and was running with them. For the first couple of miles, I was already feeling like, oh gosh, I don't know that I can hold this pace, which was very disappointing already. And then a couple of miles in, I needed to take my sweatshirt off and throw it off to the side. And for those of you that don't know from races, when you throw it off to the side, they come and collect all the gear that we throw off and they give it to the homeless or, you know, donate it to a shelter. And so I was taking off my sweatshirt and as I did, I took my hat off to make sure that my hat didn't fly off. And I forgot all about my AirPods that were in my ears. And when I took off my sweatshirt, my AirPods went flying in multiple directions and I didn't know where they were. And so I like stopped in the middle of the road. Of course, there's runners like flying past me. And I'm like, oh my gosh, where are my AirPods? I'm only like two miles in. And luckily like a runner, a couple of runners had seen them. And so they were pointing. And so I got them, got myself back together and started running again. And when I looked up, I saw the two hour sign just like fading off into the distance and it felt like my goal just ran away like and I had no chance no hope and it was just like gone and so I share this to say that for the next two hours or not sorry not next two hours the next two miles my mind was really in this space of like I blew it like I totally blew it. I'm never going to get my goal. I, it's not going to happen. Like I, why am I doing this in the first place? If I can't even do this, how am I ever going to, you know, hit my big goal? And so, so I want you to notice where is this happening in your own life? Where is the minute you feel like you're not going to hit your goal, you bail or you go into a downward spiral mentally, or you have like a really tough, um, um, tough day and it derails the bigger goals that you're working on. And so for the next couple of hours, I keep saying that next couple of hours, for the next couple of miles, as I was running along, I was noticing this conversation. I was still moving forward. So forward is a pace, I hadn't stopped. And so as I was moving forward, I started talking to myself and I started asking myself, okay, what is actually possible? And what I knew was at the bare minimum of the pace that I was hanging out at at this point, I was still going to set a personal record. I was still going to hit a really big goal. 
I may not hit two hours, but I still was going to hit a really big goal. And so I asked myself, what can you be enrolled in right now as a possibility? What can you lock into as right now as a possibility? And what do you need in this moment to be fully committed to it? And so I turned on my Peloton, you guys. I was like, I want someone that's like, that's, that is, feels like it's in it with me. And so I turned on a 60 minute class with Bex Gentry and I ran with her and just had that extra coaching in my ears. And so that really, really supported me. The other part of me was like, channel your inner Patrick Mahomes. Um, I was like, you know what? There's a ton of game left. Like there is a ton of game left, like stop counting yourself out so quickly. And so and then I just asked myself, what is a pace you can lock into that is faster than a pace that you've done in the past in a race that you know for absolute certain that you can hold for the entire race? And then at some point you can make a decision. Do you want to go faster? And so, so I just found that I found that rhythm. I made a commitment to that and allowed myself to, to really, really lock in. And so having a mindset of a champion is having the tools at your disposal to know that I've got to find ways to coach myself through this moment. And there are a variety of tools that we can go to, uh, but there's always a place for us to look at, okay, where do I get to strengthen my mindset? Where do I get to sharpen that saw? Where do I notice that, as my kids would say, where do I notice that I went soft? And so when I was talking to my kids about this afterwards, because I ended up finishing the race at a 2.05, which is still 10 minutes faster than I've ever done, is only five minutes off of my goal. And I also knew beyond a shadow of a doubt when I finished, I easily could have hit under two hours. Like, so there's that little part of me that is disappointed, but the greater part of me that is actually really proud and knew that I set a new record. But I was talking to my kids about it. And one of my sons said that lesson that you got in your mindset of noticing what happened, you probably needed that more so right now than getting the under two hour result because it's going to pay dividends for you the next time. And I love that he reflected that back to me because he was like, he actually said, you now know where you went soft. You actually now know what happens when like this, like how much that one moment derailed you. And so you just found a spot that gets to be strengthened. That's going to pay massive dividends down the road. He's like, next time, not only will you get greater than, you know, um, then hitting the two hour, less than two hour goal, you'll probably do like a 150 or something. He's like, you're just going to blow past it, but you needed that lesson. Cause you're going to have that show up later. And I love that he could reflect that back to me because that's the thing you guys, it's 80% a mindset game, whether it's business, whether it is something new that you're up against, that you're ready to master, whether it's a physical adventure, whether it was the 29029 Everesting event that I did, it is 80% mindset. And so it is a continual game of really working on where am I letting my mindset 
take me out of my goal, take me out of my game. Last but not least is having support is going to skyrocket your success. And so one of the things before I started taking running seriously is I was doing it all myself. Now, I might run with a friend. I might um, like have an app that is supporting me a little bit. But in general, it was not something that I was investing in. It was not something that I had a support system around. It was not something that I felt like there was like a team working on this goal with me together. It was something that really... I was kind of operating as if it was a hobby. And so it stayed that way for me. But I knew the minute that I decided I'm going to go all in on being a BQ qualifier, a Boston qualifier, I knew it was pivotal that I got support and that that is what is going to catapult me, which means I hired a running coach. I got support and strength training. I have people looking at my nutrition. Um, and even with my running coach, y'all, this, <laughs> this was something that was tough for me because it was so transparent level of accountability because when my little Garmin watch tracks my run, I started at the beginning and ended at the end of the run. It literally tracks every single detail, way more than way more than anything that I even know that it's tracking. But what's so great about that is I have somebody looking at it, not to like beat me down or tell me what I did or didn't do, but because they're they want me to win just as much as if not more than I do. Like they are on this mission of I'm going to use all this data in order to fine tune and prescribe what needs to be prescribed to get you to your goal. And so that level of accountability and transparency was very vulnerable for me. It was like, oh my gosh, they can see everything. They can see when I take a break. They can see when I stop to walk. They can see when I like stop to go to the bathroom. They can see when um, I, uh, if I like ran for 45 minutes instead of 50 minutes or whatever, or I, or I skipped a workout. Like there's no way, you know, there's no, there's no way to phone it in. Like it's like full on support and transparency. And what I have noticed is that one is we don't, when we're not taking our goals seriously, we don't actually allow in the amount of support needed in order to skyrocket our success. We're still operating on the terms of, I can do this myself. I can figure out all this myself. I can handle this myself. I can do this all on my own. And the, the thing is, is like, if we truly want the absolute best out of ourselves, other people can see things that we can't see and that those that have gone before us and those that actually know how it works, what they can contribute to us on our journey is invaluable. And so it's like, why would we not allow that? And so where are you not allowing support in 
to skyrocket your success. That support could be from coaching. That support could be from loved ones. That support could be spiritually. That support could be um, resources. That support could be brainstorming and uh, additional solutions. Like there's just so much out there that we're rejecting and we're just saying, I'm just like, I'm just going to figure this out. I'm going to do it on my own. I'm going to be able to handle it. And it's really slowing down our success. And so I'm a big believer that if you're up to a big, big game, it is going to require a team, a team of support, a team that is in the vision with you and like for me, just for the Boston qualifier journey that I'm on, I have somebody that I work with for, and actually a couple different people that I work with in a few different locations, depending upon where I am for massages, um, specifically because they're working on my body recovery for what like muscle recovery. And so they're not the typical massages that are like, oh, this feels great when I am done with the massage and so soothing when I have it. It's like, no, they're like digging in on these muscles because they are wanting to release some of the areas. And it is on a regular basis. It's every couple of weeks. And it's also um, it's also having, you know, chiropractic care. It's also like, what do I need for my stretching routine and 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 what are some of the tools that I need at home for muscle strengthening and muscle recovery? Um, my running coach, we talked about that. Strength coach, we talked about that. Like there's all of these people and all of everything is set up, including my kids who know that this is my goal. They are, they are cheering me on. They are understanding when I've got long runs to go on, those types of things. And so it's like, how are you setting up your life so that people are bought into what you're doing and you've got a team that's really working on moving you forward. So those are my lessons for right now that I totally believe that they apply to every single area of life. And so we're just going to recap them real quick. And I want you to look at what are the areas that like, what's maybe the number one or number two that I get to adopt and actually transfer over into life for me right now. So one is results aren't linear and consistency compounds. Where am I maybe quitting um, too quickly or being inconsistent that I'm not allowing the chance for the results to catch up and not allowing that consistency to compound? The next one was be convicted in your goal, but flexible in your timeline. And so where are, if you aren't getting the results you want, you're actually changing the goal rather than being flexible in your timeline. So where do you get to be completely 100% committed and convicted in a goal, no matter what? The next one was rest is just as crucial as running. So where are you, where could you possibly get to increase the emphasis on rest and recovery and restoration in your life, creativity, play, all of those things. The next one was regret is what you didn't do versus what you did. Maybe you have a pattern of 
um, a kind of allowing yourself off the hook. And then you notice that that's something that you're regretting, or maybe you have a pattern of not being committed and all into something. And so it tends to fall off or, um, to, or, or something like that. Um, the next one forward is a pace, uh, where are you not giving yourself credit for actually moving forward and just keeping going and allowing yourself to continue that. The next one was, do you have a mindset of a champion? Where are you noticing that your mindset might go a little bit soft and um, derail you? And where do you get to strengthen and sharpen that soft? And then the last one was having support skyrockets your success, where you get to bring in next level support in order to achieve your next level goals. Let me know which one of these is really hitting home, which one you get to apply and which ones are you already feel like you're, I'm pretty, I feel like I'm mastering that one. So give yourself a pat on the back for that. We'll catch you on the next episode and have an amazing day. Thanks for tuning in for today's show. If you are wanting to make sure you don't miss an episode, go ahead and hit the subscribe button. And because we are all about impacting and supporting others, if this is something you know that a friend or someone else would definitely get benefit of it, be sure to share it with them. Here's to living another day as grace on fire.